boy. Movies. Welcome to Big Boy Movies Decade. A decade of good movies and big boys who watched those movies and are now ranking them in the decade. Decade. I'm one of your 10-year-old, but <laughs> times two plus four big boys, uh, Matt uh, Beebe. I'm, yeah, I'm also that. John George. Are you 24 now? Yeah, uh, I'm going to be 24 in two days from wow. when we record this. I can't By, by the time it. this is posts, I will be 24. Amazing. Yes. Um, uh, this is a bonus episode. Uh, peek behind the curtain. This is the third episode we're recording today. Oh, my goodness. It's been a it's been a I mean, we've done it in a good order because this mm. is the episode I was most hyped to record. OK, good. So I'm still I'm still on my feet for this. Yes. Um, yeah, we just record the biggies. We're moving in. This is biggies and this are posted on the same day. Yes. Again, two for one. Of course. Uh, we're, we're not going to be able to do this episode all the time. Yeah. This, this is, is a, a once in a decade. Once every 10 years we can do this. Yeah. It feels like it's not as special because this is our first year doing this. But uh, it's <laughs> if, a we can, deal. if we continue this podcast for a long time, we're going to be like, God, I missed that yeah. best of the decade episode we did. Uh, um, so we're here. We're we're here. We're not. We we don't have any movies we watched this week. Yeah, it's just. It's, just I don't have like a critics it. corner for this one. It's just rank. We're just going straight. I mean, 2010s. Good, good yeah. ass year. Good. Well, decade. Decade. <laughs> I consider it a year. I oh, I, I work okay. differently yeah, from you humans. Went, oh right, you're uh, you're yeah. a baby Yoda situation. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. I don't know. I kind of want to just like quickly shout out some directors that I really liked from this decade specifically denis villeneuve because he's mm-hmm. not spoiler mm-hmm. not on my list at all unfortunately what yeah um even, didn't you hold on shut up didn't you say arrival is like your favorite movie of all time no i never said that oh it is one of my favorite movies it's very good it isn't it isn't in my top 10 oh um I'm so disarmed by this. Yeah. I have surprises no idea already. I'm bringing expect. out the big guns. I also have surprises. Okay, like, good, good. Oh, I, this is what it's all about. But yeah, Denis, I just want to give a shout out to Denis because he directed like five, what? Incendies, Arrival, Blade Runner, Sicario, Prisoners, Enemy. Six movies that are all freaking fantastic. I think I gave almost all the... Sicario is the only one that like scored low on my scale because I wasn't that excited. But almost all of them have either four and a half or five like these. I don't think any of them have five, actually, but all of them have four and a half. Denis, fantastic decade. And he's starting off next next decade with Dune already. So of course. Uh, this guy's amazing. Uh, watch all those movies. They're all fantastic. And yeah uh, that's the i think that's the only director i want to shout out that isn't on my lists yeah i'll say so the way i created this list was uh i basically went on google Mm -hmm. and i just googled by year like movies by year yeah and then i would anytime a movie jumped out at me as something like oh i really liked that i would write it down for the year and then i narrowed it down to 10 from there okay um 2017 i have like two or three from each year and then 2017 i have one two ah shit Three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight 2017 movies. On the top 10 list? or No. Just okay. every year I was like, oh, that's a movie I like. That's a movie I like. Okay, next year. Eight movies from 2017. Oh. I was like, those are great movies that I love. Baby, I have, I have a stat. Sh- so on Letterboxd, I have, if you have a pro account, they give you stats. Yeah. Um, and they have this nifty one where 
uh, they show you your ratings of every like year, like your average rating of every year. Yeah. The year that has my highest average rating is 2017. Yeah, they somewhat something happened that year, and they just made a whole lot of really great movies with three point seven two. I will say on my uh, so the video. If you if you're coming here because of my video to listen to my in depth details, there are five extra movies in the video, and my 2017 movies are in the top 15. There are no 2017 movies in the top 10, so I won't be talking about it. Oh my god! Yeah. Okay. Sad. This just gets weirder and weirder. It's a weird... I feel like you're going to be like, uh, number one through five is uh, Toy Story 3. (laughs) In a a monotone voice. I'm not excited about it at all. I had to give it to it because my mom made (laughs) My mom said I had to. (laughs) Um. What was that? The way I did it is Letterboxd helped out a lot. I just have my ranked movies from every year this decade. Yeah. So then I just looked at my all my lists and I was like, okay, yeah, yeah that would have helped a lot because my my Letterboxd only starts from basically when we started this podcast. Mm-hmm. So I had to do a little bit more digging. Yeah. Um, but I found a list that I'm happy with. It's pri- I'm going to say it's a living document. Something okay. might change one day. But yeah. for now, I made this list at like 8 a.m. the other day. Because I woke up and I was like, oh, I got to make that list. <laughs> um, so this is 8 a.m. me making a list of my top 10 movies of the All decade. Right. Should we start? Off, should, let's just go t- you 10, then I'll do 10. Let's do Oh, that. is that how you want to do it? Yeah. Okay. You go t- with your 10 first. All right, my 10 is first because they're less important. <laughs> um, yeah, of course. That's the reason. Uh, so number 10, I'm going to say kind of my first surprise. I'm kind of surprised it's on here. But when I went back... Um, looking through all the movies, I was like, I need to rep one man. One man has to be on this list. And I want to choose my favorite movie from this man uh, at number 10. Okay. The movie is Nocturnal Animals. Oh, this and is a good one. The man is Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh. Jake Gyllenhaal is one of my favorite actors. Yeah. Um, and. It was between this and Nightcrawler. I chose both really good. I chose Nocturnal Animals because Nightcrawler is just Joe and Hall being a freaky dude, mm-hmm. and it's very good. But Nocturnal Animals stayed with me in a way that I did not at all expect. Yeah, I watched this movie randomly one night, just out of nowhere. I was like, "Oh, I heard that was good," and I finished the movie and I was like, "What? Mm-hmm. That was so good." Mm-hmm. Um, That's a good movie. Yeah. Is that from 2017? It's from 2016. Okay. So uh, this is actually the only 2016 movie on the list. Ah. Uh, But yeah, that's the thing is I'm pretty sure Amy Adams got nominated for a bunch of awards. Yeah, she did. She's barely in it. Which makes no sense to me because she's barely in it. And when she is in it, she's just reading a book. Or showering. (laughs) Or showering or like sitting around a bunch of naked fat people who are dancing. Oh, yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal is definitely the lead man. Jake Gyllenhaal acts his heart out in this movie. Oh, yeah. And I would say this movie probably, it's not a horror movie, but it has the most genuinely terrifying scene Mm-hmm. in any movie i'm gonna say it's full spoilers for this too okay i don't give a shit it's a decade you've you got to see it's these. the decade genuinely go see nocturnal animals it's great it's great and this scene is from earlier in the, in the movie um but it's a scene where jake gyllenhaal he has a family and they're driving down uh like a oh, desert road in the middle of the night so good. and they get stopped by these rednecks like these and they're the only people on the road it's pitch black because there's no he- like highway lights out there 
And it's just this scene where the rednecks kind of like uh, disable Jake Gyllenhaal and his family's car. Mm -hmm. And it's this tense interaction. It's horrifying because of how real it is. It's something where you're like, oh, this could actually happen. And if it did, and it's one of those things where like, I feel like good horror a lot of the time will present a scary situation and the characters do reasonable things that just don't work. Mm-hmm. So Jake Gyllenhaal in that scene, he does all things that like a normal person would do or I would do. And those things fail and ultimately lead to something horrible happening. Mm-hmm. And it's like, fuck, mm-hmm. like he did his best and still like something awful happened. There was nothing he could do. Yeah. God, that, that was a great, I forgot about that movie, but that movie is, I love the format of that movie too, where mm-hmm. it's like a story within a story. Yeah. I love movies it's, like that. It's Jake Gyllenhaal's character wrote a book where he also plays the main character of the book. Yeah. And it's about how Amy Adams uh, broke his dang heart. Mm-hmm. Basically. Um, but in a very freaky, you know, murder mystery kind of way. A movie's ending is chilling too. Yeah. Um, the, like when the credits hit, it's like a chilling moment. Yeah. It's, it's wonderful. I had to get my boy Jake Gyllenhaal in here. Yeah. So that's. Gyllenhaal had a great decade. Yeah. Um, have you seen Enemy or Prisoners? No. Both great. I will have you to watch You should see those. Enemy because there are two Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, my God. Um, Enemy is actually great. Yeah. That's Denis. Just mentioned Denis. Um, yeah, that's a good choice, BB. That's yeah. a good choice. It's I like. a good choice. Um, number nine. Here's another big surprise. Oh, wait. I thought I was. Now I go 10. Oh, yeah. okay. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. So okay. now I'll go 10. This is a better way to do it. Yes. My number 10 is Swiss Army Man. Oh. Uh, the first movie from the Dan's. <laughs> the two Dan's. The Daniels. Dan Kwan and Dan Sh- Dan Sh- Scheinert. Okay. Scheinert. Uh, they were known for directing music videos. They directed LMFAO's Turn Down for What? Is that is no, that L- that's uh Lil John. It's an LMFAO move. Maybe it yeah, it's Lil John. It was the Lil John. They directed the Lil John music video, which is a fantastic music video. This is their first attempt at a movie starring Paul Dano and Daniel Radcliffe as a dead body. Yeah. And this is the reason this is on the list is the first time I saw this, I was like, this is weird mm-hmm. as hell. And then I went on Netflix and I was like, oh, I'll just sh- show this to my girlfriend or something. And I like fell in love with this movie the second time because it is a very weird movie and hard to like, gr- like you're just weirded out by some of the things that happen rather yeah. than like trying to understand what they mean. And then the second time through when you know the weird things are going to happen, you're you just like fall in love with the charm this movie has yeah and it's hilarious um and the score is amazing too because it's just like acapello paul dano and daniel radcliffe making noises oh really singing that's awesome and it's and you've probably heard the montage song because it's been in commercials now Mm -hmm. like it's a really popular good song that they made for this movie um and it's just it's so it's such a unique amazing movie that I love so much. I could rewatch it all the time and it's just a good movie about being comfortable with yourself. Yeah. It's a, it's a lesson that everyone, it's a weird way to, to, to show uh, how to be comfortable with yourself with a dead body. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I do have to watch it one day. I, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast that one of my professors in college was one of the like lead special effects people on Swiss good Army special Man. effects, good special effects. Yeah. In this movie. The problem is I didn't really like that professor that much. Oh. Uh, so I was kind of turned off being like, eh, mm. I don't really want to watch their movie now. Yikes. Uh, it is a very good movie. Just, yeah, I guess yeah. don't pay attention to the special effects. Well, it was like, 
you know, it was her first year teaching. Yeah. And we all took the class to learn After Effects and she didn't know how to use After Effects. Yeah. So that was that was the main problem. How'd she do? <laughs> because apparently they did the whole movie in this program called Fusion. Oh. Which is made by Black Magic. Mm. Uh and it's you know, Fusion is its own special effects software, but it was to me it was more confusing. It's a node based instead of letter layer based and I mean it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But yeah, essentially we we went into the class expecting to learn After Effects, and then we were learning this other program that no one had uh, ever heard of at all. That you're probably not going to so use. So our TA ended up having to like make all the lessons about After Effects. Wow. And After yeah. Effects is what I use to this day. So All right. <laughs> Side story about Swiss Army, man. Yeah. Uh, number nine. Oh, this yeah. Is... Swiss Army Man was from 2016 also. Oh, okay. if, you're, if people are keeping score of the years. Okay, sure. There will be a lot of 2016 on my list, yeah. by the way. So, uh, Number nine, like I said, is another surprise. Well, not a surprise, but like you'll see. Mm. Uh, number nine is The Lighthouse by Robert Eggers. That's interesting. Um, I love this dang movie. Uh, it's, I mean, it's very recent, which helps, but it was a movie I never expected I would like as much as I do. Because I wasn't even going to go see it. And then you were like, oh, I'll probably see it this day. And I was like, yeah, I'll go. And then I went and I was like, oh, that's incredible. Like, this <laughs> is the best thing best I've ever seen. Decade, so. Yeah. Um, it's on my best of the last 10 years. Um, Robert Pattinson. I'm a huge Robert Pattinson fan now. Oh, my God. He's up there with the Gyllenhaals. He's so good. Um, and, of course, Willem Dafoe's always been great. I can't wait for Batman. I think he'll kill it as well. Oh, yeah. I think I trust Robert Pattinson to do anything now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Especially, I'm hoping there's semen in Batman. Oh, my God. He seems to specialize in semen movies. High Life. I wonder if it was actually his semen in High Life, if they were like, well, we got to. I could see him doing that. We got to get someone's semen. We might as well get yours. You wonder if it it was his semen in the lighthouse. (laughs) Like, we don't know. Exactly. yeah, lots so. of semen in all the movies. Oh well, they were literally semen and yeah, yeah lots of semen yeah. just all over. Two of them. Maybe I have a surprise for you. What's that? This is also my number nine. What? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Both of our number nines. That's crazy. We didn't plan that. We di- actually did not plan this. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess we can both talk about the lighthouse then. Yeah. Because it's so good. Yeah. Um, I'm with you there. Hundred percent. It's just like. I said it in the Biggies episode. If you listen to that before this, it's just a movie I know I'm going to remember for like the rest of my life mm-hmm. because it's so unique. I don't expect anything to be like it. And it's it's unique, but it's like obvious. Like it feels like an idea that yeah. would be so good. You'd think horror movie in a lighthouse on a little island. Yeah, right. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's such an obvious, obviously amazing idea mm-hmm. and concept in itself. And then they just nail the writing. They nail the characters. Um, and you know, like... Um, anyone other than Robert Eggers making this movie, like a James Wan or something, oh, yeah. there would be a creepy old man yeah. and like sea monsters coming out of the ocean mm-hmm. and big jump scares and everything like that. But it's just about a mental breakdown. Yeah, it's it's not it's quiet in in sense, even though it's not literally quiet. Mm-hmm. And it you know the performances just kill it. Yep. Um, that scene where Robert Pattinson is like drunk off of like rum and kerosene yeah and he's doing his dance and like speaking oh, in tongues oh. they're both losing their minds yep it's I, amazing I, and i can't not mention the seagull scene because that that mm-hmm. seagull death scene is probably just one of my favorite moments at a theater ever because when it ha- like you knew like when when 
when Defoe's characters like never, never kill a seabird, you're yeah. like, oh, he's killing a seabird. Oh, yeah. But you did not expect him to kill a seabird this way. Yeah. Well, he just keeps going. He is the same. just brute. Like, you're like, oh, he's going to somehow accidentally kill the, the seagull or something mm-hmm. or. Uh, but no, he does not accidentally do. He legit yeah. takes the seagull and he just he brutalizes oh my it. God, uh, that's my favorite scene of yeah. the, the movie. That scene so. is genuinely funnier than like anything Adam Sandler has ever done. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Um, uh, yeah, God, this movie is just I'm just going to remember it forever. It's so unique. It's so well written. Mm-hmm. It just deserves it deserves to define a decade like that's that's what i gotta yeah, say about if, it. if there was one horror movie on my list it, it's gonna be the lighthouse yeah so. and i'm a huge fan of like the shining i'm a huge fan of horror movies where people have start going insane basically yeah. um and that's that fits in the category yeah uh Dang. should i do number eight then yeah i, I guess? guess so because right. we both did our nine at the same time number eight is the wolf of wall street mm. from 2013 uh, you didn't see it coming. Martin Scorsese on the list. Marty, tip of the hat. Yeah. This one's only three hours. What? Uh, that extra half hour didn't wasn't there. I don't know yeah. what happened. Um, but yeah, I this is probably my favorite Scorsese movie. I it's just fun. Like mm-hmm. there's, it's fun, but it's also classic Scorsese. You get you know talking to the camera, narrated storylines, wild scenes of insane shit happening. Um. It's one of those movies that I can watch a bunch, even though it is three hours, because yeah. it, it doesn't feel like three hours. Yeah. And it's just like a good time the whole way through. Oh, yeah. And it's you can tell Leo is giving it his all. Yeah. Uh, and that one is Jordan Belfort. Um, yeah. And you see some naked Margot Robbie. Nice. Shout out to the Chubbies. Nice. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, and her performance is great, too. Like, everyone is just on. Uh, Jonah, Jonah Hill, Hill plays a great Jewish film. guy from Long Island yeah. because he is one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Wolf of Wall Street is just one of those movies. I saw it in high school with my friends, and I was like, "That was amazing!" And I immediately, like, as soon as it came out on digital, I I bought a copy of it, and I would I would watch it on like the bus going to college, yeah. just because it was just so much fun to watch. Yeah, God, that is a, it is a great movie. Yeah, and the length like plays in like. The length is supposed to be there, kind of, because it's like he's st- like, yeah. <laughs> like at one point you're supposed to be like he's still doing insane. Sh- like Leo's still, yeah, it's, doing it's his drugs whole here. career all the way up to yeah. him going to prison, and it's like it escalates so well mm-hmm. because just when you think it couldn't get any more insane, like he keeps adding on crime. Yeah, people keep dying randomly. Uh-huh. Um, uh, Jonathan Bernthal's character I love. He's like the big roided out dude. Oh, yeah, yeah. The last time you see him, he's just like being showered with money and all these naked women are on top of him. And he's like, yeah, he had, died of a heart attack three weeks later. <laughs> yep. Uh, which uh, is very Scorsese. Yep. Um, but yeah, that <laughs> that's is, like in The Irishman too. <laughs> that is a movie I, I, I hold near and dear to my heart. I had so much fun with that one. It's a, that's a great movie. I've, I think I agree with you. I think that's the best Marty this decade. Yeah. I would say that is the best Marty this decade. Uh, he had some good films too this decade. He had a good decade. Yeah, he had a good decade, but Wolf of Wall Street takes it for me. Yeah. I'd say. Um, all right, my number eight is Parasite. Oh, another 2019, right? We're after. continuing on the 2019 little run here. Um, yeah, I mean, Parasite is, I'm a huge fan of Korean film. Um, I, I love it a lot. It needs some more recognition out there. And I think Parasite's a great movie to do it because it's, 
it's just entertaining as heck. I think anyone can watch this movie and enjoy it. Even the people who are snobs and are like, I don't want to watch a movie in another language. Yeah. Um, I think they would still enjoy the heck out of it. I, their twist turns. I was smiling at the premise the whole time. I want to see it a second time. I've only seen it once this, this point. I loved all the actors, all the performances. I love the writing. I cared about the characters and I just didn't know where this movie was going most of the time. And it surprised me at every turn. Mm -hmm. And I love that about it. Yeah. And great social commentary too. Oh yeah. Without being super obvious about it. Yeah. Super beautiful movie too. Mm -hmm. The location choice was amazing. Um, yeah, shot. It just, it's everything's so good about it. I think this would be a really good movie to watch with someone else who hasn't seen it already that, but you have, yeah, because you can get that like real reaction. I agree. Uh, same with like knives out. Cause I went to see knives out for the second time and I was like waiting to see for certain points in knives out. I was, yeah. I was like, Oh, how are they going to react to this? And I think that, that would happen in parasite too. I think both of those movies are actually pretty similar from, from this year Yeah, and that they're, they've got twists and turns and they do. they're entertaining. The so, similar subject matter. Yeah. Similar yeah. subject matter too, actually. Dang. They are very similar. Yeah. Um, yeah, this movie, it just has. It's it's like we talked about in the marriage story. It, this is just a John ass movie again. Like mm-hmm. it has a bunch of stuff I love. I'm gonna watch this movie a ton of times. Um, it's a perfect length. This is my favorite Bong Joon Ho Jun Ho movie. It, it's just it's just a fantastic movie. Yeah, it deserves to be on this list. Uh, 2019 coming in big. 2019 coming in big, but not as big as 2017. Uh, my number seven is Logan. Nice. I uh, I wanted to represent a superhero movie on this list because I do love superheroes, uh, not just movies, but like as a concept. Uh, and Logan, uh, of the last decade, that is, I think, head and shoulders above any other superhero movie. I don't know how they managed to pull that one out mm-hmm. over at Fox, like to take all these X-Men movies that have always sort of just been okay and then be like, oh, I'll elevate it. I'll, I'll make just, it good. I'll put this one up here. Yeah. Um, because it's it's wild because it's Hugh Jackman's last Wolverine performance and it's the perfect way for him to go out. Straight up. Um, I love the, you know, the father and child kind of story arc and him learning to care for her, even though they don't even like speak the same language, mm-hmm. or at least you don't think Yeah. Uh, for most of the movie. And uh, yeah, it's, it's like one of those good superhero things because what I love about superhero stuff is when they examine like what it means to be a hero or what it means to be good. And Logan's sort of like final discovery of that when he gets to the end of the movie and sort of sacrificing himself to save like the future of the mutants. Mm-hmm. Um, also shout out to Steven Merchant. Oh yeah. Good. Who is like I this love Steven Merchant. So good. Good decade for, for that man too. Yeah. I think this might be his best, yeah. at least from what I've seen, his best role of this decade. Yeah. I'd say um, so. It's just, you know, everyone comes together. Patrick Stewart oh, yeah. is so perfect as oh, like the yeah. old wizened, uh, uh, professor X. And it's, I would say lar- larger con- conceptually movies that I like, uh, take social commentary and, social ideas and put them in a sort of fantastical elevated setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, you know, my grandfathers in real life who are both passed away now, uh, both of them sort of had dementia when they got really old and, you know, to see professor X kind of like that, this man with crazy psychic powers yeah, 
it's like, oh, like I can see the truth in that, but it's also a fun movie where man has razor sharp claws coming out of his fists. Exactly. Uh, so that's the Logan is was just such a special movie, and I'm glad we can get superhero movies like that and not just the Joker. I and also not just agree. Avengers Endgame. <laughs> I 100% agree. Logan's yeah. a great, great movie. It's like a commentary on the superhero genre, too, at mm-hmm. points. It's overall just, and the director of Logan, I don't think I really like it. Like, 4V Ferrari, he also did. I, yeah. I don't really like any of his other movies that much. Yeah. Out of nowhere, he just made, honestly, yeah. one of my favorites. So. Sometimes, like, you just give the director, like, the right material, and they just take off. Yeah. Um yeah, that was a good-ass movie. All right, my number seven, BB. We're going to continue in the year of 2019, the Lord, the year of our Lord. Oh, my God. You've got three 19s in a row. Oh, yeah. Uh, Marriage Story. Oh. Yeah. Wow. We've talked about this endlessly today in yeah. all of our podcasts Jesus. we've recorded. So it's, <laughs> it's going to be weird to once again praise it the same way I have done all day today. Yep. But, yeah, this is another John George-ass movie. It's beautiful. I'm going to rewatch it. All the time. Love the beginning. Loved a bunch of scenes in this movie. I love Noah Baumbach. He is probably one of my... He has had a really good decade, too. He's one of my favorite screenwriters, directors in general, and had a really good decade. This is one of his bests. Great performances all around. You can tell I'm getting tired of saying the same crap about this movie yeah. over and over again. It's just amazing. Yeah, we'll, we'll do another peek behind the curtain. We've we did three episodes today and all three of them have featured marriage story now where I have talked about it wonderfully in every single yeah. one. Um, but if, I mean, there are going to be a lot of people just listening to this one since if you watched my video or yeah. you're one of my friends from marriage story, it's just one of my favorite movies from this year. It is my favorite movie from this year. Yeah. It's fantastic. I love it. Um, it's just such a me movie. It has everything I love in movies singing. Yeah. It has, <laughs> it has quirky dialogue. It has emotional breakdowns. It has emotional. It made me cry. Like if a movie makes me cry, it almost automatically gets like four stars right away. So <laughs> like that's a baseline right there. Yeah. And then Marriage Story just had enough for the extra, extra star, five star movie. All right. Marriage Story. Marriage Story. Check it out on Netflix now. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Marriage Story. Heck yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the tagline. That's the yeah. tag. <laughs> All the trailers, you know, yeah. it was weird. Yeah. Uh, number six, I'm coming in at number six uh, with a little movie by a man that you shafted, John George. You snubbed this man. You've okay. ruined his career. Oh, no. Denis Villeneuve's uh. Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> okay. How dare you? I'm so sorry, Denis. It was a good movie. <laughs> uh, Blade Runner 2049. I'm a fan of the original Blade Runner. Uh, the way I describe it to people is I say it is uh, the best boring movie you can watch. I agree. Um, <laughs> that's a great way to describe it. It is. And that's the original Blade Runner. Yeah. Is It's very slow, but it's very good sci-fi, I mm-hmm. would say. It's super unique. The art style is great. Also, we should note that it does take place in 2019. Mm-hmm. So we are officially in the age of Blade Runner. Wow. Yeah. And we also live in Los Angeles where the first movie took place. Wow. It looks just like how yeah, it did in Blade no, Runner. They, I'm going to say Ridley Scott, not the most accurate prediction. <laughs> there are no like plumes of fire shooting into the skies. No, 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 no flying no. cars yet. No. Uh, no digital humans as far as we know. Yeah, um, I love the, the original. I'm with you there. Original Blade Runner is one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. I really like it. Original Blade Runner is great. And so when 
as with all great movies, when someone says it's getting a sequel, you go, why? Mm-hmm. Stop. Don't do it. But then you hear Denis' name and you're like, you're like, do it. You're like, all right, Denis, <laughs> let's see what you got. I'll see what you have for me. Yeah. And then Denise said, hey, you like Ryan Gosling? I go, I do like 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 Ryan Gosling. He goes, hey, do you want Harrison Ford back? And I go, no, not really. (laughs) Um, But I guess. That seemed like more of a studio decision. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, But here's the thing. It's like Harrison Ford's part in that movie worked. Yeah. Um, And I think one of my favorite parts of the movie is when he, it's Vegas they go to, right? And Harrison Mm -hmm. Ford's in the old casino that's been broken down. Oh, I um, love that scene when they first meet. Yeah. Oh my God. He's walking through all the traps and everything. And the Elvis songs playing. Yeah. Oh, so good. Uh, it's just beautiful. It's all orange and blue. And uh, the big debate about the original Blade Runner, of course, is Deckard a replicant. And in the original cut, or not the, th- the original cut, like one of the cuts, not the th- theatrical cut, it's kind of uncertain if he's a replicant or not. Mm. Uh, and then Ridley Scott, I think, went on eventually to be like, yeah, he is a replicant. That's what I think. <laughs> and everyone's like, no, it's open to interpretation. I hate um, when directors are just yeah. like, yeah, it is like that. And so uh, Denis did a great job because in this scene, uh, Deckard has a dog. And we know that there are animal replicants as well as human replicants. And uh, Ryan Gosling K looks down and he's like, is he real? And Harrison Ford just goes, does it matter? And I was like, that's perfect. <laughs> yep. That's exactly yep. how you address that. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's another slow burn movie. I'd say it's more entertaining than Blade Runner, um, but it plays within Blade Runner's world super, super well. Yeah. Um, and it's also one of those movies that like feels unfinished the first time you watch it. You don't get that like perfect, satisfying ending, but it leaves it open for you to think about it more, which yeah. I think is... I like the ending. What also, yeah, what also the original did really well. Mm-hmm. Um, and just really, really cool visual stuff in that movie in yeah. general. Uh, the lady who made, what would what'd she make? Memories or something? I like, forget her name, but yeah. But she, that, that she was whole, the daughter of Deckard and the one replicant woman. Yeah, but that was just, yeah. Yeah. That was, that whole visually, that sequence of her like building memories is really cool. Mm-hmm. In a movie that's like filled with like, obviously the future's like a drab, like city based, dark, landscape and then you just all of a sudden get the scene of like mm-hmm. green and yeah and um, and amazing. anna de armas is great as mm-hmm. joy um just such a cool that kid's got a future they yeah a cool just such a great concept of you know people are so isolated and lonely in this world that they just buy virtual girlfriends essentially mm-hmm. or the fucking so good when he like pours like the slop onto his plate and then there's a hologram like nice meal over it oh yeah yeah um, <laughs> Yeah, and it does the her sex scene better than her. Oh. I don't know about better, but definitely um, sexier. Yeah, when I, I immediately when I saw that, I was like, that's like her. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely sexier. So yeah. <laughs> but I her think, wasn't trying to be sexy. It's true, it. yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, so Blade Runner 2049, it's one of those few sequels that in a lot of ways outshines the original, and the original was already a classic, so mm. that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, good movie. Denis. God, how did I snub this man? He's you, so good. You did him dirty, John George. He's like right there. He's so close to being on this list, I, I will know. tell you. With how like dare you? three movies are so close to being on if we had, If we still had the audience here, I would boo. Th- they would boo you. Yeah, they would. Yeah. Um, my number six is La La Land. Whoa, another Gosling. Gosling. He loves the six. Um, <laughs> he loves the six. <laughs> as six he's running through the six with his woes. Yeah. 
Uh, as Drake would like to say. Uh, oh, right, because the six is Toronto. Yeah. Yes. He, I don't know if Gosling loves the six, Toronto, but... Gosling's he, Canadian too, isn't he? Oh, so he does love yeah, the six. Yeah, he probably loves the six. that's why we put him in the sixth spot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Ryan Gosling. Uh, La La Land's right there. Yes, you have place. a La La Land poster on your wall. Uh, it was obvious, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is just... I, I. So when I was editing my video, I continually rewatched this part with la la land mm-hmm. because and it's just like wait a second this might maybe this should be number one but it's all the way at number six because yeah. i just love like the music is so enchanting yeah that you're just like i love this movie so much it's so i mean at the time it felt like so there was the whole controversy with the la la land moonlight oscars stuff yes so it felt like everyone at the time was like kind of hating on la la land because it's like Moonlight deserves it. Moonlight, um, La La Land, pretty white movie, right? Yep, yep. And I agree with that. It is a pretty white movie. It is movie. a pretty white movie. Um, but now now that we've taken a step back from that a little bit, mm-hmm. I think we're going to look back at this movie and say, okay, this is not only one of the best musical of the decade, it could be one of the best musicals of all time. Yeah. Beautiful music. Beautiful. It's just a hilarious movie. It's beautiful color palette throughout the whole movie too mm-hmm. um and singing in the rain is one of my favorite movies ever and there are a lot of things that it there's a lot of dedicate there's a lot of things that are sort of feel like a dedication to that movie and i appreciate that a ton because i love singing in the rain i love this yeah. um yeah this movie's just i i'm gonna the soundtrack's amazing i'm gonna sing these songs forever and they're I don't know. It's just, it gives me chills thinking about this yeah. movie. When I saw that movie, it was a weird experience because I literally had just moved to LA. I had started my internship program here and it was a whole thing like, come see La La Land. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just the timing worked out. We're yeah. all here. And so we all went and saw it. And that was such such a weird introduction to like the city being here and then watching this movie that's specifically about the city. Yeah. And I mean, obviously you don't have the best takeaways about LA at the yeah. end of the movie yeah. but it is it was just really interesting and I feel like if I watched it again now now that I actually like am familiar with the city and and how the whole system works I feel like I'd probably pick up more from it yeah I agree um, and, that's, and that that reason it's also close to my heart because I watched it around the time I for, was about to move to LA or like go to LA for my internship yeah too so um yeah, it's close to my heart because of, because of all that LA is like a city that means a lot to me in my life because I've Obviously, I'll live here now. Yeah. Um, Bad city, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If we're going to be real, not good city. Oh, dude. I Yeah. Honestly, like at first, it was I was entranced by the La La Land, mm-hmm. um, much like the movie. But uh, towards the end, you kind of once you once you've been here for a while, you're like, yeah, yeah. things are kind of suck. Here's the thing. Like La La Land, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, both very L.A. movies. Look at all this L.A. stuff. Yeah. Movies. Ha cha cha. Yeah. The only movie that really understands LA is who framed Roger Rabbit. <laughs> yep, um, yep, straight up. I that's, agree. That's the only one that got it right. 100%. I will die on that hill. Um, yeah, but shout out to, that's my, Damien Chazelle, Whiplash was also great. Yeah, Whiplash was on my initial list. Um, it also was initially on my list. Yeah, and then it, it got pushed out. It also got pushed out for me. Um, Whiplash was also a fantastic movie. Yes. But I think... If you've watched video game donkey's review of La La Land, because I oh, think that's he puts right. it very, he he talks about how because it's a review of Whiplash and then La La Land, and he talks about how um, J.K. Simmons J.K. Simmons is a great uh, villain in Whiplash, and then he moves on to La La Land, and he's like, well, the vi- there's no villain here, 
but the villain is kind of a cold Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, and I think that's like a great line he says. Mm-hmm. It's basically like, yeah, the weird, villain is Los weird Angeles. Weird movies for Dunkey to review out of nowhere. Yeah, it was. But they were super, super good reviews of the movies. Yeah. It was like, oh, okay. Randomly, he's going to seriously um, review both of these very good movies. Yeah, sure. Um, and then I, I just forget about the other movie Chazelle directed this year or this decade. Oh, first man yeah no no was, singing or dancing it was in that. fine yeah but it was like why have him direct this movie yeah it's <laughs> it's it must have been something he wanted to do right or else like why would he even do it, it after la la land he could have done anything he wanted i know i know like i want some more like clearly he's very talented musically yeah. and like knows a lot about music at the same time like you might not want to be the guy who's just like the jazz yeah. movie guy it, it, first man just wasn't at the level of of La La Land and Whiplash. It was still yeah. good, but it wasn't it wasn't there. Mm-hmm. All right. Top five, BB. All right. Top five. Here's another surprise for everyone. My number five is Knives Out. Oh. Now, I know what you're saying. <laughs> I know what you're all thinking. Wait a second. Hold on. Stop a minute here. Uh, wait. Uh, <laughs> I did say The Lighthouse was my favorite movie of, of 2019, and yet here it but, is but higher ranked. But not decade. <laughs> it's different. Here's, uh, I alluded to this a little bit in the biggies. Mm-hmm. Knives Out is a movie that I... I'm all I'm positive I can watch over and over and over again. Whereas the lighthouse is a movie that is like an emotional experience. It has the lighthouse has so much great stuff in it. But the more I think about knives out, the more I'm like, that's just like a classic that I can show my family. If I ever have kids, like they're going to sit down and watch that with me. Uh, I just love knives out. I love the writing. The cast is so good. And like I said, I like, social commentary movies in a fantastical setting. And while Knives Out technically takes place in the real world, it's heightened. Like, it's not really, like, the real world. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's it's just one of those things where the more I think about it, the more I like it. The cast is stellar. The writing is perfect. The It's the best last shot, I think, of any movie Maybe not any movie, but like <laughs> in recent memory, I've never been so struck by a last shot of a movie. Gives you like, chills. They just nailed it. Yeah. They did it. Yep. <laughs> Somehow they did it. Um, and that's compared to The Lighthouse, which also has an incredible last shot. Um, and so I think on a technical level almost, maybe The Lighthouse is better and The Lighthouse is definitely more unique because the uh, Knives Out is still sort of an homage to a genre Mm -hmm. whereas the lighthouse is like similar but really its It's own thing yeah it's like the first of the first of its kind and so if we're gonna if we're gonna separate like the best from my favorite it's you know the lighthouse sticks with me but knives out is is just makes me feel good yeah and ultimately i watch movies to be entertained Mm -hmm. and knives out is entertainment like a hundred percent of the way while also being really smart and really well made. Yeah. I think this movie is, I don't, it's hard to dislike this movie. It's so good and it's so feel good too. Yeah. And it also is one of the movies that says rich people suck, which I'm all about right now. Screw rich people. Um, and it's until I'm one. Yeah. And then then, no, then get rid of my taxes and, (laughs) and then knives out is an awful. Yeah. (laughs) And then I'll hate this movie. Um, but yeah, no, Knives Out, I think, scratched a lot of uh, of itches that I had that I didn't even know I had. Mm-hmm. And I just, I wanted, I was at number five and I was like, I just want to give it to him. I <laughs> yeah. just want to give yeah. it to Ryan. Sometimes you just gotta. I just got, I went with my heart and my heart said, 
take the knives out. Ryan, Ryan with a good decade too. Yeah. Um, Star Wars: Last Jedi. We're both fans. Of. Yes, we are. Both and fans. Looper. Looper also yes. a good movie. Uh, but Knives Out, I agree, is his best to this decade. Absolutely. I think Knives Out is like far and away his best. Yes. And I like The Last Jedi too. Mm-hmm. Um, but Knives Out is on like another level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Future's bright for Ryan Johnson. Yeah, he's that, Get that, that guy's trilogy. going somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine a man directing a Star Wars movie and then his next movie is the one that makes you say like, oh, he's really got something. <laughs> I bet he's going to rise in Hollywood real yeah, fast. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, good choice. Yeah. Another good choice. Uh, number five for me is Francis. Ha. 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 Noah Baumbach making a second appearance on my top wow. 10 list. Noah, welcome back. This was like the movie that that I think this was the first John George ass movie I saw mm-hmm. that made me discover, oh, this is what a John oh, George movie like your, is. Your origin story. Yeah. This was the one that was like, oh, this is what I like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's where I discovered. Oh, this is, I thought all movies were just bad. <laughs> yeah. But now I realize there are movies that are good. Oh, <laughs> uh, Francis Ha just like, I don't, it just defines my taste this decade. So it has mm-hmm. to be on here. It's like in black and white. I'd like black and white movies. It's about, uh, the main character's female. Most of the m- movies I like have a main character female. Yep. Um, it's really quirky, really funny. Has a scene where uh, Greta Gerwig, uh, for, I mean Greta, Ger- Greta Gerwig, one of my favorite people this decade. So immediately, fantastic movie. Mm-hmm. Um, has a scene where she is just running down the New York streets to Modern Love by David Bowie. Oh, my God. And it is one of my favorite scenes in a movie ever. Huh. Um, because it is John George's as fuck. Honestly, oh, wow. it's, it's like the most John George scene ever. Huh. Um, but it's just and it's also a great social commentary on uh, fem- feminism. Obviously, Noah Baumbach and Greta Gerwig feminists. 100 percent. Yeah. They are criticizing feminism in this movie, um, and I agree with most of the things they criticize. Yeah, because um, Frances, feminist at heart, independent woman, she's got to get, <laughs> she's got to get off her ass and start doing the things. Yeah, <laughs> she could yeah. be independent. She can be quirky. She could be all this stuff, and she could not need a man. But you gotta, you gotta work still. <laughs> gotta do it. Uh, Frances, uh, Frances, she really, she really didn't like doing things. She liked just playing around and being her quirky feminist self yeah yeah um adam driver's also in this movie so shout out to him shout out to adam driver um yeah this movie's just great it's a quick watch too and that's nice Mm. and it's just a quaint movie you live in it's like not there's no plot really you just like it's like one of those yeah (laughs) uh which is also john george's yes so yeah it's top five for me yeah i'm gonna have to uh check it out yeah i will get there um all right number four coming in at number four for me is Django unchained nice i'm a big tarantino tarantino fan i feel like yeah i'm a big totino's fan (laughs) i love Um, totino's pizza rolls yeah love i love can't believe they directed this yeah dude those pizza rolls really made a western (laughs) um I'm a big, big Tarantino fan. I it probably doesn't sound like it as much from this podcast. We didn't get to talk about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, but good movie though. Yeah, I was essentially like, I knew a Tarantino movie was going to be on this list somewhere. Mm-hmm. It was going to be Inglorious Bastards, and then I did a Google, and I was like, no, came out in 2009 or 2008. Yeah, or so my favorite Tarantino movie is Inglorious Bastards. Django and Chain used to be, and then I sort of was like, no, nah, Inglorious Bastards definitely better, mm-hmm. but. 
Django Unchained, again, something I saw in high school that I just knew I was never going to forget. Another movie, I immediately was like, I have to watch this again. Mm-hmm. Another super long movie. Um, but again, it doesn't feel like that. Tarantino loves long movies. Yeah, too, so. and it's it's entertaining. It's got, again, a great cast. Leonardo DiCaprio like cutting his hand open for that one scene. Um, and I was introduced... Uh, to Tarantino, like by my dad, because he was like, "Oh, that Kill Bill movie, that was good." So we watched that, and I was like, "Oh my god, does this guy do other stuff?" <laughs> no, just that one. Yeah, because <laughs> I just never, because Tarantino loves violence, but I'd never seen violence like that yeah. before. Um, and so then I found out a few years after, not even like a few years after, I saw Kill Bill for the first time, Django Unchained, his next movie. I was like, "Oh, I gotta see this. It looks so good." And as it turns out, it was so good. Mm-hmm. Um, Christoph Waltz is now like one of my favorite actors because of that. I think his character is arguably the best thing about that movie. Yeah. Um, it's got a great score or not score, but soundtrack and also score. Um, and just so many great moments in it. And, you know, I think there's a lot of conversation about sort of the violence and how it approached slavery and everything. Um, but I did appreciate like it didn't back away from anything like, when the dude fed his slave to the dogs, like you saw that the Mandingo fight is one of the hardest to watch fight scenes in any movie for mm-hmm. me, just because of how brutal it is. Yeah. Um, and it's just like well shot and the dialogue is incredible, especially for, uh, Christoph Waltz's character. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's everything I love about Tarantino is in that movie. Um, it's not quite inglorious bastards, but it's definitely, I don't watch a ton of Westerns, but it has the spirit of, of Westerns that I do like. Yeah. Um, God, Tarantino had a good decade. He's yeah. not on my list. That sucks. Yeah. I mean, he's, according according to him a long time ago, he said he was only going to make 10. And so there's one more. He's up to nine now. So he, unless he changes his mind, he's, he's only yeah. got one more movie left. I, like, if you asked me what the best Tarantino this decade, I would be, I really liked Hateful Eight. Like, it'd be so close between Django, Hateful Eight, and Once yeah. Upon a Time. Like, all three of them, I think, are basically mm-hmm. the same place for me. Yeah, for me, Hateful Eight didn't uh, really factor in, because that one, you felt the length more. Yeah. Uh, and that I mean, one... it's a TV show now, baby. It's Do you true. Not know? I, I honestly should try and watch it as a TV show <laughs> yeah, now, because yeah, that's so. probably a better format for it. Yeah. Um, our, our old boss, Brett, I would talk to him about it, and he said that, like, the last act of the movie ruined it for him. And I don't think it ruined it for me, but the last act was the best part. Oh, really? I, I think it got a little bit too much. Oh yeah. It, it just, well, cause it just introduces new characters out of nowhere. Uh, And then it's like, all right, everyone dies now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Django is definitely up there for me. I think, once upon a time in Hollywood is probably my second favorite of this decade. Okay. Me. It's, I can't rank them right now. So yeah. don't force me to, they're like all three, all three are the same place for me. I like mm-hmm. them all, but kill Bill's my favorite Tarantino. Oh yeah. I love kill Bill. Kill Bill's my favorite one part one. Or do you count? I count them as one as one movie. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I, that's what I did on letterbox. At least I, I don't know. Yeah. He, I think even he thinks it's one. Well, movie, yeah, they're they part one and part up. two. So yeah. Um, yeah, good choice. Glad Tarantino got a shout out yeah. because he deserves it. Um, number four for me is another movie I have a movie poster of, <gasps> The Handmaiden. Now, John, I don't know what kind of squiggles those are up there. <laughs> that does not say I have the, the Handmaiden. I have the Korean poster because the American poster is has it's like this, but there's a lot 
those people you see the people yeah on the i poster? see the people on the poster there's a lot more sexual sexuality oh. in the american one and i was like i don't really want that on my wall uh, also uh, korean's a cool language man okay. like if people yeah. if people come in here and they're like whoa that guy he's fancy yeah no difference between you and me i definitely would have gotten the american one. Oh yeah <laughs> um yeah the handmaiden is um is another korean film uh by park chan wook if you don't know him he directed old boy uh he also directed the one American English movie he directed is called Stoker, and that came out this decade. I'm a joker. I'm, I'm a stoker. stoker. Um, I'm a handmaiden <laughs> filmmaker. Uh, this came out that with it had Nicole Kidman in it. Um, it came out in 2013. I also really like that movie, but this is his best. I think this is better than Old Boy. I think a lot of people will think Old Boy is better than this, but I think The Handmaiden is a freaking masterpiece. All right. Oh my goodness. And um I this it's just a journey. It's a long movie, mm-hmm. but you're just like you're lost in this world. Yeah. He, he like loses you in this in this in this world and this story and their twists and their turns and it's just it's amazing. And also it if we did a twenty sixteen biggies, it could have won the chubby very easily. Oh nice. It is a very sexy movie. I went into this movie not knowing how sexy it was. Mm-hmm. There are there are full out sex scenes in this movie. Wow. Um, so if people think I'm a weird Asian pervert guy now, <laughs> that's probably this is probably why it's from hey. this movie. Because once if they they're like, oh, I'm John liked this handmade movie. I'm going to watch it. Yeah. And my family members are like, what is happening on screen? <laughs> Asian sex. <laughs> John, you're a pervert. Oh my God, is this hentai? Is that what that is? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a very sexual movie, uh, but honestly, like some of the best sex scenes in a film ever. Wow, like, very, very hot. That's high praise. Into it, like really, really just good movie overall, mm-hmm. and a great story too, uh, and a great message. Like, yeah, this is a masterpiece. Um, it deserves to be on this list. Number four for me, handmade. There you go. Okay, number three coming for me is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Nice. So good. Uh, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, like I said before, one of my favorite things about superheroes in general is stories that explore like what it means to be a hero, uh, and that is literally this movie, exactly what it tries to do, and it does it better than pretty much any other superhero movie. Uh it's just like really inspirational and really fun. And the animation is better than like any other animated movie. Come fight me, Pixar. Uh, I don't know how Sony managed this. It's the animation's astounding. This is like, you think of Sony pictures, you think of garbagey Adam Sandler movies, mm-hmm. like garbagey Ghostbuster movies. And I think of little women coming out on Christmas day. Oh, that's true. <laughs> um, like, and Sony Animation, the same studio oh. that brought you uh, the Emoji Movie, oh. like, and here they are. Here they are making the like one of the best animated movies I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, um, it like this movie gets Spider Man more right than any other Spider Man movie that's ever been made. I agree. Um, it's just like so pure and so much about like, you know, being true to yourself, uh, doing the right thing, and. The other thing is when they announced this movie, I've I read a certain amount of the Into the Spider-Verse comic book run. For those who don't know, essentially at one point, 
I want to say it was like 2015-ish. They were like, okay, we have all these different versions of Spider-Man. Uh, let's have them all come together in some interdimensional thing. <laughs> and so every issue, they would do like a one-shot of uh, different spider people. So they had a Spider-Man noir issue. They had a bunch of like awful ones that I don't remember. There was like SPDR400, <laughs> like just yeah, some yeah. fucking dude. Yeah. Uh, and then Spider-Gwen was also introduced through this series. And of course, Spider-Gwen blew up. Mm-hmm. She was uh, arguably the best thing to come out of that whole thing yeah. because the overall star- story of the comic book run was like nothing. Yeah. Um, and so when I heard about this movie, I was like, well, I didn't really like the Into the Spider-Verse comics that much. So I wonder what they're doing. And then I see this movie and I'm like, that was so much better. Yep. Um, I love the idea of like, you know, you see Peter Parker for the first time and he's blonde and you're like, that doesn't seem right. Mm-hmm. And then you get Peter B. Parker, the the first Jewish Spider-Man, as far <laughs> as I know. Um, and his whole arc is so good. Um, sort of learning to like love himself again yep. and trying to get back with Mary Jane. Miles Morales is just yeah. a fantastic Spider-Man. He's so. yeah, and it's like one of those things where he he has those moments where he's trying to figure out his powers or figure out like what's going on, and that's handled better than I think any other Spider-Man movie. Mm-hmm. He never at any point like punches a sink and accidentally breaks it because he's too <laughs> strong now. Uh, and yeah, the leap of faith moment from the end of the movie is just one of the best animated moments ever. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, there's no shortage of good things I can say about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. This is the second superhero movie on my list, but it's, I think, the best superhero movie of this last decade. Mm. Um, and it's an animated movie, and it's Spider-Man. It's so good. Oh, my God. May I say, this movie was hilarious, too. Oh, um, yeah. May I say, John Mulaney was born for this, for yeah, Peter Porker. <laughs> Spider-Ham, you got Nick Cage oh as, God. Like, as Spider-Man Noir. I when I heard John Mulaney's voice because I was on like a huge John Mulaney stand-up run at the time I saw mm-hmm. this movie and I didn't know he was in this movie yeah and I heard his voice and I was like this is perfect this is like heaven right now because mm-hmm. I love John Mulaney so much yeah that so was great uh God just such a yeah, yeah. Such and a it's video. crazy because you can have a movie with a pig spider person in it and it's still like genuinely touching and emotionally moving yeah. at the end yeah it it all just works yeah absolutely yeah those are my favorite movies that are hilarious but also can make you cry yeah um god good movie number three for me is spike jones's her we mentioned it earlier oh oh, yeah um her i saw this movie and i guess i guess the best way to describe why i think this movie is so good is the first time i saw it where i like most of this movie is close-up shots of joaquin phoenix while he's listening to Scarlett Johansson's voice, his yeah. phone. Yeah. And at one point in the movie, I realized that I wasn't watching the movie. I was listening to it. Like, oh, really? Scarlett Johansson's performance is so good in this movie that I was like falling in love with her too. Mm-hmm. And I was like not even looking at the screen. I was just like listening to her voice while I was like dazing off. I yeah. was like, oh my God, <laughs> like this is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that experience had never happened to me before in a movie. So immediately I was like, uh, that's a five star movie. No doubt. Uh, it's a very depressing. <laughs> it's a very depressing and yeah, cold take on stuff on love and all that stuff. And I wonder, like, I'm just wondering how close we're going to get to this movie. Here's in the what's crazy about that movie. They made that movie before Alexa. 
Yeah. Alexa wasn't even a thought in our brains. <laughs> Spike Jones invented Alexa. Basically. Uh, through this movie. And I'm, I hope to God we never get to that point. Honestly, like it just seemed like I would not be surprised if something is created that is like this movie, because as human beings, we just want more friends in general. Yeah. Well, it and was, I don't, I'm not surprised if people create them for us. Yeah. It was similar to Blade Runner where they're like in this near future world, everyone's a little bit more isolated you know, cause of their work and you know, all the technology everywhere. And suddenly like you just have this person who's with you all the time. Mm-hmm who's as like smart as a human and says all the right things and yeah you can kind of have sex with yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah eventually they're just going to become too smart for you yep basically yeah um and the st- i don't know but everyone they're they're joaquin is fantastic in this movie obviously but scar joe just like stole her voice acting stole the show for me here yeah so good such a lovable voice mm-hmm. um and yeah it just it's a great movie. I mean, it's it's got a very different color palette, and mm-hmm. to to in comparison to Blade Runner, it's like more of a future where it's like, yeah, things aren't going to be all like things. It's like a little more realistic. Yeah, things well, aren't going to be like drab, like, and you know, it's going to be the future. It's going to be like now, but technology is going to be a little bit more advanced, mm-hmm. and everyone's going to have a mustache. Yeah, basically, <laughs> Chris Pratt's in this movie too. Yeah, he has a mustache. They just got a bunch of random movie, random people in this movie that don't like. Like, there are a yeah. bunch of real people in this movie, but you're like so focused on a phone the whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think this movie's genius. Uh, and I, if I look back on this decade, I'm going to remember this movie as like a definer. There's a lot. There's a lot of movies about like technology anxiety, and this is probably the best one from yeah. this decade. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, number two, getting close to the top for me, is a little film called Get Out. Get Out. Get Out of Here, Jordan Peele. How did you do this? Jordan, why are you here? You, yeah, get out. Get, get, I told you to keep him out of here, Marty. <laughs> Marty. Um, yeah, Get Out is another movie that completely took me by surprise because again i'm not a huge horror movie guy uh so i saw the trailers and i was like oh the key and peel guy like he's so funny why does he make this scary movie <laughs> why i don't, I don't want like, the scary I don't want movie scare me. do a funny one <laughs> um and you know obviously i'm a big key and peel fan so his name was a big reason i went to see it mm-hmm. uh and i was just blown away because again social commentary fantastical setting uh, the twist completely blew my mind. I didn't see anything coming until it actually happened. Uh, and it was one of those things where I came out of the movie and I was like, guys, I'm afraid I'm going to grow up to be the dad from this movie. Oh God. I'm going to be the guy <laughs> saying he would have voted for Obama a third time. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, so that's sort of like dark reflection you get in yourself. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just so smartly written. It's, like again social commentary without really like forcing it in your face mm-hmm. you just get it as you watch it and everything clicks into place like i remember when i first watched it and there's that scene where he's at the garden party and all the people are like oh your new boyfriend mm-hmm. You're like oh let me feel his muscles yeah, and, yeah all that stuff you know asking yeah, the girlfriend like is his dick really that big yeah. and you're like oh these are just old racist people yep. but then you realize they're asking because they want to fuck that dude yeah they want to fuck their husband in that dude's body yeah and i was like oh my god yep. <laughs> it just <laughs> genius it just totally because you know something like weird is going on and 
maybe other people figured it out before me, but like as soon as oh, they were that's like so hard to figure out. I yeah, feel like it's hard to figure out that twist. It's an incredible puzzle box of a movie and it it builds on this like really sort of like racism light ideas of like they're not like racist racist, you know, yeah. they're like a white family from Connecticut who live in a nice house. They're not calling him the N-word or anything, but they are racists and they're it's about, you know, using black people and their culture without, you know, respecting them as people. Yeah, exactly. Uh, just taking like the coolest parts of their culture. Yeah. Being like I, I want to do yeah, that. This too. is mine now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know, the blind guy at the end being like, you know, I don't really give a shit about any of this. I just want to be able to see. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. It's just, it's so good. It's, it is, it is essentially if you mashed the lighthouse and, uh, knives out together, mm. you get, get out more or less. Nice. Uh, in the sense of like, you know, nice rich people manner, horror movie aesthetic yeah uh yeah i just i just couldn't believe how much i liked that movie again a 2017 movie that's the third 2017 movie on 2017 um, get up yeah i i was so very i i still love this movie mm-hmm. um but yeah that's number two i never would have thought number two on my best of the decade would be a horror movie but yeah here we you are got two horror movies on this list yeah. baby you're not a fan of horror yeah, that's the thing is I guess I am now is yeah. the thing. I, I'm not going to see the next Halloween movie. But, yeah, I'm on the know. same page as you. I'm more of a fan of like, I don't like being scared. Usually, Like, I'm not a fan of the It Chapter 2s yeah. type things like that. Yeah, yeah. I'm more of a fan of The Lighthouse or or Get Out. Yeah. Something like that. Get Out's hilarious, too. Yeah, it has great comedy moments, yeah. um, which is obviously because it's Jordan Peele. Yeah. Uh, I was so happy when he won Best Screenplay that year. Yeah. Because really I was good. really worried that movie was going to get shafted like The Lighthouse yeah. probably will. Us? Good. A little more messy, though. <laughs> yeah. Still haven't seen Us. Oh, my God. You got to see Us. I've been planning to see Us, and every time I go to watch it, I'm like, yeah, but do I want to be scared right now? It is a little more scary. Yeah, well, that's what I figured. And yeah. everyone said it's not as good. Yeah, it's definitely not as good. It's like, I liked it, but it's just more messy. It's not as clean as Get Out. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch it eventually. I'll get there. I mean, I'll, I'm ready to follow Jordan Peele anywhere because of Get Out. Well, he said he wanted to so. do a scary movie trilogy, right? So there's one yeah. more. All right. I mean, um, I'm on board. Yeah. Uh, and if you've been keeping track of my year count, BB's got the 2017s. I have three 2016s, Handmaiden, Swiss Army, and La La Land, mm-hmm. 2016, and three 2019s. <laughs> wow. Jeez. Yeah, I have two 2019s, three 2017s, and then eh, some other mixed in. All right. Um, my number two is Scott Pilgrim versus The World. Oh, my God. Edgar Wright, I can't, you, can't, you can't not talk about this man when it comes to the decade. Oh, yeah. He had a good-ass one, Baby Driver, very unique, awesome movie. This you could tell this is the movie he's always wanted to make. Basically, yeah. he loves music, and he finally got to make like a pseudo musical type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, where but that's not on your list. That isn't. Uh, and then also, I actually really like The World's End. Most people not that big of a fan of it. I really liked it. Yeah, I never saw that one. I love Hot Fuzz, um, mm-hmm. but I and Shaun of the Dead. But I never saw uh, World's End. Yeah, I like The World's End a lot. Um, but mainly because it's about alcohol. It's like, it's fun. Yeah. I, I like it a lot. But Scott Pilgrim versus the world is obviously my favorite from this decade. Came out 2010. So the first yeah. year of this decade. First year. Just made it. Um, yeah, this is just as, as like a huge video game fan. And as a huge video game fan, this is like 
I think a quintessential like yeah, absolutely video game type. I mean, it's it's not a video even, game movie without being a video. Yeah, game Yeah, it's like a based off a comic, and it's about love. Yeah, it, like I think I wrote a review on Letterboxd actually exactly about that. Like it has, it's a movie about everything. It's it's I a, love. In in my sense, I always saw Scott Pilgrim as a movie about like emotional baggage, and so like when you date someone new, chances are they've also dated people before you. And so this Scott Pilgrim was about sort of overcoming the anxiety of like, what if I'm not as good as that last person? What if, you know, they, they, some, one of those other people did something better than me. Like, am I good enough for this person? That's true. Um, it's, it's just got, it's got everything I I love. The, of course the editing's impeccable. Of course. The visual stuff. Like this is one of my favorite comic book, uh, adaptation to the big screen because it, it's like one of the only ones that stays really true to a comic book and feels like a comic book. Yeah. The way it's visually edited. Mm-hmm. Um, it's freaking hilarious. This might be the funniest, my favorite funny movie of the decade. Yeah. Um, geez, I've watched this movie six times since I've been on Letterboxd. Wow. My God. Yeah. Um, it's just, Every I love the actors in it. Kieran Culkin mm-hmm. is um, as Wallace so hilarious in this film. I love all of his lines are hilarious. Oh yeah, I love the uh, this next song goes up to the guy in the balcony. It's yeah. called "We Hate You." Please he's, die. He's like, oh, I love this one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he's just so funny. I mean, you and you have like such an all star cast in here. Like Aubrey Plaza's in there. Chris mm-hmm. Evans. Mm-hmm. Um, Allison Pills in there, Anna Kendrick. It plays just a random like it, yep. just all Mary Elizabeth Weinstead. This is the one that I was like, yes, I love. I love Mary Elizabeth Weinstead. Yeah, and now here's where I'm about to boo you, John. Get okay. ready for me to boo you. Have you read the comics, no. Scott? Boo! <laughs> Fuck you! Boo! Yeah, I haven't. The only comic I've ever read is The Walking Dead, and was for a class. Okay, bad start. Yeah, um, I, it's not a good impression of comics. Well, I'll here's be the thing: I actually like The Walking Dead. The first few issues or the volumes of The Walking Dead, I liked. Uh, I had stopped after like book nine, mm-hmm. um, which is a lot of Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. I guarantee most of the funny lines and moments that you liked in the movie are directly from the comic book. Okay, um, I believe you. So get just. Get yourself a fucking box set. You're gonna love it. Okay. It's they they expand on so much. The art style is great. Uh, it's the same kind of story. It's just out because expanded out because it's six books that they condensed into one movie. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, it's six books because two of the boyfriends are a, a pair. Um. But yeah, no. To, if you really if you love this movie that much, I guarantee you will not be disappointed at all by the comics. All right. Uh, I'll get on that then. Yeah. I watch this movie like once a year at least. I always have to watch this shit. Yeah. It's just so rewatchable, funny. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I mentioned, tons of great video games, tons of Zelda references. Yeah. Well, that's but, the thing is the Scott Pilgrim versus the world video game is also great. Okay. Um, so but that yeah. one's harder to get. Um, Zelda's like my favorite video game series. So mm-hmm. the fact that they had tons of references to it is great. Um, yeah. God, just a great movie. Yeah. Number one, baby, we're here. Number one. Guess what, John? What? I got my number one right here in this bag. What? It is the only Blu-ray I own. Oh, my Literally God. Literally the only Blu-ray it I have ever owned, ever bought. No one's, We don't have a video version, so I'm just going to be surprised by the reveal of this. Here she is. It's Mad Max Fury Road. Here she blows. The only Blu-ray I, I own is right here in this room with us. Uh-huh. Uh, eh. 
It's my favorite movie probably of all time. Uh, it's just the best. It's beyond description, but I will try. Do it. Um, <laughs> I mean, this is such. It's such a visual experience. This it's movie, right? it is the quintessential action movie, mm-hmm. uh, but it goes beyond action and actually has uh, a soul to it. Mm-hmm. It is. George Miller was like 70 or something when he made this. Yeah. He's older now. Um, and he made a better action movie than like Marvel ever will. He made a better action movie than like the John Wick movies. And I love the John Wick movies. Yeah, uh, It's everything I love. It's got fast cars. It's got insane post-apocalyptic screaming men. <laughs> um, Playing guitar. Yes, the flamethrower guitar. Yeah. It's a visual masterpiece. Uh-huh. Everything is physical and real in the world. Even, I mean, obviously there's CGI in the movie, but it's all so grounded and, and feels mm. so real. I love it. One of the most underrated parts of this movie for me is the color palette change from like that hot desert. And then we like switch to like the cold blue yeah. night. Well, I they like literally, I'm pretty sure they do day for night for that, which is yeah. like most filmmakers. That's a no, no, like you mm-hmm. don't do day for night, but because this movie is so hyper stylized, the nighttime just being blue across the board yeah. just works. Yeah. Um, there's so many great visual touches. Like when they go into the, the sandstorm and there are the lightning strikes Oh, instead of so beautiful, instead of the lightning strikes, just like blowing out the screen, it turns black and white. Yeah. So yeah. like oh you, God. you have that, these like quick changes to black and white that it just looks so cool. Um, it's a really simple story. They go look for a thing and then they go back. Um, it's about escaping oppression, you know, about sort of taking charge of your life. Uh, Obviously, it's not as much about Max as it is about Furiosa, although Max has great moments in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like balls to the wall, insane weirdness. It's so incredible. Yeah. There's not too much spoken dialogue in this movie, but I will yeah. say like when there is like some I go back and watch the trailer because it has basically all the spoken dialogue yes. from Mad Max in it. Mm-hmm. And it, like the things he says are just like give you chills because he's like, yeah. I'm wondering who who's more crazy me or yeah. everyone else. It's not, nothing is wasted. Yeah. In, this movie is two hours flat. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take like any extra time. It has moments of quiet, uh, but they're always to build character. And you know, you have, um, Nux is his name. Uh, the war boy who kind of mm-hmm. has the turn in the movie. So you see his development over time and sort of escaping his brainwashing that Morton Joe had put him under. Uh, and there's just so much incredible world building their religion built around cars, you know, the, uh, water source that they have, uh, the green place, which obviously faded away at one point. It's, it's genuinely, I just love this movie more than I love any other movie. Yeah. So much that I had to have it on Blu-ray so I can just watch it all the time constantly. It's amazing. Um, but Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, I, I could go on and on. The only thing I will say is that the score is ripped off a little bit. Oh yeah. Um, apparently they put in temp tracks for this movie when they were uh, editing it. And because they edited to the music, they basically went to the composer and were like, Oh, we use this track from captain America and we sped it up to like 110%. So just make something that sounds like that. Okay. So the, the main action track that it's like, that's like literally, if you listen to a captain America track sped up a little bit, it's exactly that. Dang. So George Miller, I'm knocking one point off. 
but otherwise this movie is perfect and I love it. Uh, yeah. If you came here after you watched my video, you'll know that that is actually number 14 on my list. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's a great film. Uh, yeah. It's like, I love action movies and this movie does action better than anyone else and probably anyone will do for a long time. I don't know how George Miller, like, he just did it he just came out of nowhere yeah, and yeah. was like hey, i did three of these i'll do one more <laughs> and the, the first three are like they're good <laughs> but they're not this yeah. this is the best one the first one is good the yeah. second one i'd say is really good the third one is also good and then this is a masterpiece uh-huh. and it's like how yeah he just did it i don't yeah. know it's this is definitely my favorite action movie i don't think there is another that's the only action movie on my list yeah in general so Great movie. Great yes. choice for number one, BB. Number one, Mad my, Max Fury Road. My number one is super freaking personal, and I don't I haven't seen it on anyone's like list in general. Oh, okay. For best of the decade. It's one of those. Uh because it's and also it's weird coming from a person who <laughs> who doesn't really like Disney's stranglehold on this industry, uh and the movie industry. Oh, oh, I know what it is then. It's inside out. It's inside out. Uh, my number one film of the decade is a Disney movie. That is weird. Well, it's Pixar. <laughs> it's I mean, Pixar. they're owned yeah. by Disney, but yeah. we can say Pixar if it makes you feel better. Yep, it is inside. If you know me personally, you like I don't think this is a surprise to any of my friends. I talk about this movie way too often. As someone I watched it for the first time at the perfect time. It was like right after my girlfriend broke up with me. Oh, geez. And I was it like it was just a moment in my life where I needed this film. Mm-hmm. It was like therapy for me. Yeah. Because I know this is made for kids. But first of all, just a genius, a thing that needs to be said. The message is a thing that just needs to be said to kids more often. Like, yeah. People need to stop being shamed for being sad. Yeah. Or just to feel anything, right? Yeah. Like the the whole like premise is brilliant because the first time you watch this, you, spoilers for Inside Out, but... You think sadness, sadness is so drab and sadness is like the Mm -hmm. worst character. And you're like, I hate this. (laughs) I hate this person. You want joy to win. And then like, it's just so brilliant how the whole ending sequence of just like the realization that, oh, like sadness, you need sadness. Like it's super helpful. And uh, just, just that end scene where, where um, Riley, the main character like finally breaks down and starts crying is just like it hits home. It's it's one of my favorite. It's probably the most most the moment I cried the most in Pixar movies ever mm-hmm. because it's so like everyone's been that like I remember being there as a kid, just having those moments where you finally just break down in front of your parents and you're just crying your eyes out. Yeah. And then that moment where it's you they like visualize the moment at the end of you crying where you finally like you feel this warmness almost because yeah because you let you go let it of the sadness yeah. and they, they they animated it so she's like she's letting her final tears out and then she, she gets this like brief smile that she, you're just like mm-hmm. i felt that a million times um this just feels to me like the most important movie this decade in a time where people like more and more are being told to ignore their feelings, ignore sadness, don't cry, especially for males. Mm-hmm. Like don't cry. Cause that's, that's not manly. Yeah. Um, when you really need it, like it's so important to, to embrace your feelings, embrace bad feelings. And mm-hmm. I think this, this movie, 
this movie helped me in a lot of ways at a at a difficult time in my life clearly yeah so well now i look like a big fucking idiot i guess so <laughs> <laughs> no i mean mad max is a fun. i like when the truck explodes <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> well i do think inside out's just my favorite message in a movie ever i yeah mad max might be a better like a more well-made movie but yeah i, I mean like is, we don't have to go there but yeah yeah, no, I totally get it. It speaks a universal truth. It's like a universal experience that I think, you know, everyone can get behind. And it's a positive message. I would say, like, if I were going to go with that, like, into the Spider-Verse is also a great message. Yeah. Like, you know, anyone can be the guy. It just takes you to sort of step up and be the guy. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah. Uh, well, that's a good pick. And it's definitely not what I expected. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Because I, I I purposely tried not to mention it to you because I was like I know oh, I'm gonna do okay. that and recently I've cleaned out my letterbox completely to to like change my favorite films to random old movies yeah so I wasn't spoiling any of these basically because ever if you've like seen my letterbox or you know me you know Inside Out is my favorite movie mm-hmm. ever because yeah. that's what I constantly tell people I'm like Inside Out's the best movie yeah um so they would know that that that's obviously the best of the decade. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was trying to like not mention it as yeah. much. Well, lately. I knew Scott Pilgrim was going to be on your list. Yeah. Um, cause I saw that on your letterbox, but I totally forgot about inside out. Yeah. Um, I just love Pixar. I, I love Pixar movies in general. This still comes out on top for me. And also not to mention just all the cool, all the cool, like little moments with like, it feels like that's how the mind works, mm-hmm. how they had it work in this movie. Yeah. Um, even though like some of it's not exactly true, obviously, but, um, like it feels like it feels like how the mind works, like the scene at the dinner table where joy joy's no longer in the head mm-hmm. and it's just um, anger, fear and disgust, disgust. And they're all like trying to imitate joy and they come out as like sarcasm and yeah, yeah, all that yeah. stuff. Um, I think that's that's very clever, super clever. Um, and honestly, I probably see a sequel eventually for this movie. Yeah. Like down the line. Um, because it's just an idea you can play with with mm-hmm. so many, like maybe at a different time in a person's life, you could. I will say though, here's a little. I'm gonna poke a hole in this movie, John. Uh-oh. Here I go poking a hole. Uh-oh. So you got all the little characters. You got joy. You got anger. Mm-hmm. You got sadness. All of them are their own characters, right? They all got their own unique designs. Yeah. Now, when we go into someone else's head in this movie, yeah. it's the same characters, but they just have like the person's hair, <laughs> the person that they're inside. So yeah, what yeah. is is uh, Riley hasn't found her identity. Is yet, Riley maybe? like the progenitor of all emotions? She might be. And like all other emotions <laughs> like radiated outward from her. And they're like, oh, well, we're from Riley, but we have to be for like Chuck now. So I guess we have Chuck's mustache. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I guess so. Get it together. Every, I'm saying <laughs> they should have had 400 discrete emotion designs for each character of this movie. Definitely. Definitely. I agree. Uh, um, my bad. I, it's off my list. Okay, nice. You just poked a hole. Yeah, I, fuck you. My new number one is... Uh, Hobbs and Shaw. It's got to be Hobbs and Shaw. <laughs> so good. Yeah. <laughs> best of the decade. Best of the decade. Not even the best Fast and Furious movie yeah. this decade. Honestly, <laughs> but it is the best movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, that's it. Oh, my God. Wow. How nice. long do we go? How long is one this? One hour and 20 minutes. Wow, that's a whole episode. Yeah. It's a good thing we didn't tack this onto the biggies. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, a nice little bonus. Yeah. Enjoy, everyone. You got a whole lot of big boy movies coming up at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, and go check out my video of this. Yes. Check out John's video. I am also uh, committing to doing a video, but I'm doing uh, my uh, favorite games of the decade. 
um, which I know only video game Victor is allowed to talk yeah. about usually on this podcast, yeah. but uh, <laughs> I, I wanted to do something like that, uh, but I, yeah, you know, so check out John's video. Don't check out my video unless you want to, unless you want to check out my video. Uh, but yeah, uh, happy new year, I guess, because this is coming out yeah. right around New Year's. Yeah, happy new year. And uh, 2020, new decade. Yeah, new decade, new list to make. Uh, and what, until we see you in 2020, stay big, you beautiful decades.